0: what's up y'all welcome to the stack i'm alex i'm justin I'm Pete. And on the stack, we bring you so many comic book reviews that are in depth, well thought out, and well planned ahead.
1: Exactly. Scripted. This is a stack. This is a real
0: stack. Mm -hmm. It's a stack of reviews, and we're going to kick it off with Sinister War, number one from Marvel Comics, written by Nick Spencer, art by Mark Bagley. In this book. As you can probably figure out by the title, we're kicking off yet another Spider-Man event. In this case, there's not one Sinister Six, but eventually six, I believe, Sinister Sixes of different variations who are going to be fighting and attacking Spider-Man. Meanwhile, in the background, something that has been teased for a very long time over the course of Nick Spencer's run, we are getting Mephisto and Doctor Strange about to gamble in Vegas for a big secret about Spider-Man and something that is missing from his life. So I'll tell you what. I'm just going to throw this off because I kind of know what Pete is going to say already. First of all, love some Mark Bagley art. He's just a commensurate Spider-Man artist. That's great.
1: 100%. I was going to say that exact – Mark Bagley was drawing Spider-Man when I first started reading Spider-Man. So there's something about his art that's like coming home. feels very Spider-Man.
0: That's great. I also think the idea of having six Sinister Sixes is very fun in a very silly comic book way. Just make it a battle royale. Six. uh, The whole point of Sinister Six is it's already too much for Spider-Man. So sure, bring in 36 of them. (laughs) Why not? That's a lot. That's just uh, utter insanity. And I think that'll bid to a really fun place. The big thing, though... As much as I kind of am enjoying this teasing that we're going to somehow reverse or reveal one more day, just get to it. Like, just get to it already. The teasing is too much. Do
1: it! Nick Spencer, I think we can say, too much teasing across the board. He's Mm -hmm. a teaser. He's doing too much teasing. Um, And I think that is messing with the story a little bit, especially – uh, the juxtaposition with Mark Bagley's art, which comes from a time when it was like, hey, we're doing this arc, and then we're not going to talk about any of that stuff, and we're doing another arc. And now in this, it's like, no, we are doing a very long term goal thing. Even Kindred here, I'm like, is Kindred Kindred? What's the deal? Like, I'm still being teased about Kindred and like yeah. what the overarching plan is. Oh, so, still
2: being teased about Kindred? Come on, man. I've been waiting well, for this for abs. No, all right, but if, I
0: think Justin is right here. The thing
2: with, yes,
0: he's probably Harry Osborn, but maybe he's not Harry Osborn. It's just kind of... hasn't been going on book. for
2: years, guys. All right, this bullshit has been going on for Spider-Man for years, and they're going to reverse the curse, and we can get back to liking Spider-Man no, Man again, all right? Here's the
0: thing, Pete, I, and this is my theory slash gut feeling when I was reading this book, is they're going to reveal one more day and it's going to break up Mary Jane and Peter. Oh, 100%. Don't you
1: dare. I mean, the this issue was about creating tension between them. OK. Like, all right. Mary don't Jane knows about Mysterio start. and Peter doesn't.
2: No, no, no. OK. You can't. You had years to play with this, Peter and other people. It's. Peter Parker and MJ, and that's it. And that's what's proven over this time. No writers did any great stories with him. It's always been Peter and MJ. So let's reverse the curse, get back to our lives, and can can like just move on from think, this bullshit.
0: Can you imagine a scenario where Peter Parker finds out that his memory was wiped from trading his marriage for Aunt May's life? And he finds out about this and says, Oh, that's interesting. I'll go in a different direction now. That's not going to happen. He is going to be challenged to make a choice again, and he's going to go for the same choice, and it's going to drive a wedge between him and Mary Jane. I'm worried that the wedge
2: is going to be like, what do you mean you made a deal with Mephisto, MJ, and like, why were you whispering to him? Could be
1: that, too. Could be that, too. Here's the thing. If Peter and MJ break up, we have to break up with our partners. If they get remarried, we have to marry our partners. How about that?
2: I like how that's not I'm, a big deal for you guys. But the breaking up part, <laughs> you, Justin, saying to your wife, you, you guys have to get a divorce because of a comic book?
1: Oh, my God. I, I mean, think my wife and I are going to get divorced reason. over this podcast at some point anyway,
2: so it's <laughs> fine. Eventually, this podcast is going to kill your marriage.
0: Overall... Yes. We were talking about this a little bit on the Patreon Slack. I do think the rollout of Spider-Man comic books is a little frustrating with all these one shots and specials and things that are going on in other places. But if this is the crossover that actually is finally getting to whatever we are getting to... Great, because I just want to this sounds terrible, but I just want to end this and then move on to whatever's next. Uh, you know, yeah, just exactly. like pull off the bandaid at this point uh, and let's move forward. But still, I had a fun time reading this one for the most part. Next up, Wonder Woman number 775 from DC Comics, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad what? and Jordy Belair. Art by Andy McDonald and Paulina Got Show. In this issue, we are wrapping up the, I believe, two-hour uh, issue, was a three-issue Olympus storyline, where Wonder Woman is now in the afterlife in Olympus and dealing with that. And then, mild spoiler, you probably knew this was coming, she moves on to yet another afterlife after this with another new look. Uh, this is great. This arc was great. It was on par with the first one, and I'm excited to see what they do next.
1: Yeah, I agree. I love this
0: journey.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, Justin. I didn't to no, I, I'm sorry.
1: I feel like I just walked into the graveyard of gods, and you were there, um, giving an apple, epil- uh, not an epilogue a eulogy.
2: <laughs> okay. Epitaph? Uh, was that what you were thinking of? I just I was thinking st-
1: eulogy, but
2: okay. but truth. I just wanted to say I, I I'm having a lot of fun with Wonder Woman right now. Uh, the art's fantastic. Uh, love the the character designs on and the Keeper of the Grounds was such an awesome look and really cool and fun kind of like reveal of his weakness. And uh, yeah, I, I just love the adventure. Unbelievable last page. Um, and the backup was also a lot of fun. It kind of had like a fun she vibe to it. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's a great package as Justin likes to say. I Next fun up Fun riddles. Yeah. I uh, Let yeah, me just say real fun. quick, fun
1: riddles. And mm-hmm. um, I love this journey. I'm happy that Wonder Woman, we're getting to see Wonder Woman do this. I don't even need her in the main
0: universe. Totally.
1: If we get this.
0: Yeah. One hundred percent agreed. The silver coin number four from Image Comics, oh, written by fuck. Jeff Lemire, art and letters by Michael Walsh. This is taking our horror anthology and thrusting into the far future with a very creepy visual about some Jesus. AI wetware that joins from worms oh. in your eyes. Oh, stop! Reading this, I knew this was going to bother Pete, oh. but yes, I love this one, and I needed more from this world. I thought, as usual, Jeff Lemire just cre- like hey, here's a crisp, interesting, future sci-fi world. I want to spend more time in it. I want to see what happens next with this one.
1: Especially the way it ends. I'm like, this is the beginning. This is an issue one of a great sci-fi series. and Instead, it's just a, a standalone uh, issue. Yeah. I, I love this. I love this anthology. It is the horror series that is the cruelest to
2: its characters that we that we've been reading lately anyway, and I love it. Uh, the future has never been so creepy uh I really hope that uh, we don't go in the direction of worms in the future but man uh yeah I mean as far as like this kind of like horror comic each one each issue has been so creative and so fun i I've just been really impressed with how different but how similar it is and man this is this has been really impressive as far as a creative project putting out. Uh, I've, just been, I've been really impressed with what they do each, each time we read this.
0: Good stuff. Next up, Ninjack. Number one from Valiant Comics by Jeff Parker and Javier Polito. There's another story of Ninjak on the run being chased by enemies from all over, but it has the added bonus of being written by Jeff Parker, who's great, and drawn by Javier Polito, who is oh, amazing. Stunning. Yeah. And yeah. that makes it worth a pickup just based on the art alone.
2: <laughs>
1: Yeah, if this is something that uh, if ninjack is not something you've ever gotten into or thought about, like
2: great jump Don't worry
1: this this series fully stands alone. It's just a great uh, spy thriller um, with a lot of uh, murder and death, uh, drawn by Javier Belido, which kill. is just which is just beautiful art. It feels like it's a great marriage of a mainstream superhero adjacent comic book and an indie book.
2: Yeah, I agree. I mean, the, the art is unbelievable. It's really got a fun headlopper feel to it. And I mean that in all mm. the, uh, the best ways, but I just think that like, if you're like, Oh, I don't know if Ninjak is my thing. I would pick up this issue because it, it kind of has the character in there, but it's mainly just about the story. But, uh, if you're an art lover, you got to pick this book up because the paneling and stuff uh, is just really, really well done. Be an art lover. Be an art lover.
0: Not an art hater. Come on.
2: Aliens Aftermath, number one from Marvel. Just, what? Just doing me the whole time? I mean, come on. This is fucking crazy. Lies a douche goo.
0: <laughs> Aliens Aftermath, number one from Marvel, written by Benjamin Percy, art by Dave Wachter. As you can probably figure out from the title, this is picking up. Probably years, I believe, after Aliens, but heading back to Hadley's Hope, the main setting of that particular movie, with a new cast of characters that are still poking stuff and waking stuff up that they shouldn't. Stop! But the big twist here is that we're getting, I don't know what you would call it, like a zero degrees Fahrenheit or zero degrees Celsius alien. It's some sort of ice alien something like that alien.
1: We got ourselves a cold alien. You got ourselves a cold
0: alien. And I was particularly curious to read this one because the main alien title that Marvel has been doing has been so good. So I was curious to see if the quality would hold up. And I think it does. I like this quite a bit.
1: I think the, the, the PKJ, the Philip Kennedy Johnson book is breaking, feels like it's breaking new ground in the alien franchise a little bit. Um, broadening out, going into a little more of a, sort of emotional uh, drill down on the characters in that book. This feels very much like, if you like aliens, especially if you like the, the recent alien movies, you're going to like, this is like feels very much in line with mm-hmm. the, the way the, the cinematic franchise has progressed. It's a bunch of people showing up, uh, bad stuff starts happening, and then maybe something's going to come out of someone's body.
2: Yeah, I, I, I've been impressed with this. I mean, this PKJ guy is killing it. I mean, this guy is a phenomenal writer. Here's something that we've seen a, a bunch of times, yet it's still done in such a way that feels accessible and feels new. Um, yeah, I the, the the snow alien, love it. Have it have just have to a mention, plan. just to
0: clarify, this was not written by PKJ. This was written by Benjamin Percy. Benjamin Percy.
1: Uh, yeah, the other book was PKJ. But My I will bet. say, like... And on the point of that, though, like to have these books going out together is a fun way to sort of diversify the, the Alien franchise over a moment. Yeah,
0: it's fun stuff, and the art is really good. It yeah. This one, to your point, Justin, this feels like one of the old-school Dark Horse Alien comics, a lot more than the PKJ one was. Um, yeah. But that's okay, because those were good as well, so I'm happy to read it. Uh, but I'll tell you what, the one thing that kind of holds me back a little bit about these books is that the Alien comics are very scary for me.
2: Yeah, scary smooth.
1: Uh, what do you mean by that?
2: I, I'm just saying that they, they're really smooth and hairless uh, bodies on those aliens, man. Oh,
1: that's an interesting, put that on huh. the spine of the book.
0: That, <laughs> Pete, if you like how hairless they are, you got to try the new Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped.
2: Well, I tell you, I love using the Lawnmower 4.0 with this cutting edge ceramic blade and skin safe technology. I've never had to worry about my sack bursting open. <laughs>
1: Uh, <laughs> sorry, what? What exactly? Yeah, I like the aliens. Uh, got right. you. Sack, right. I got you. Right. Right. That makes a, a lot like a more sack sack sense. Guy. And I might add that is quite gross. Um, the Performance Package 4.0 includes the lawnmower 4.0, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. I need that. Crop yeah, Preserver Ball Deodorant, Crop Reviver Toner, Performance Boxer Briefs currently wearing, and a Travel Bag to hold your
0: goodies. With this package, you'll have all your needs taken care of safely and efficiently,
2: and you will smell great, too. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad, and I can't wait to use these products.
1: Yes. Uh, <laughs> I What? What do you mean?
2: Uh, Pete doesn't want to read this line, but what we
0: wrote <laughs> out for him is, Sounds like the only hugger I'll need to worry about is my girlfriend, because she'll be busy hugging my face. Yeah, hug that
1: that my tough. face. That's not offensive, Come on. Pete. That's just nah, sweet.
0: Just, it she sound sound good. Good. she wants would... to hug
2: your little beardy face. Yeah, I don't want to say stuff like that.
0: Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code at 20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code at 20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrubs and weeds this summer and shine with Manscape. That's right. Ah, shine like those beautiful... Aliens just shine on aliens. I always say the Joker number five from DC comics written by Matthew Rosenberg and James Tynan, the fourth and Sam Johns art by Francesco Francovia and Sweeney boo. The front story here is a flashback story of commissioner Gordon dealing with a early career Joker. And then the backup story continues the punchline story that James Tynan and Sam Johns have been telling in the back of this issue. Uh, the great thing about this particular issue, of course, is Francesco Francavilla, who comes yeah, back yeah. after a seminal run with Scott Snyder telling the story of James Gordon Jr. Oh, years ago great. at this point. Oh, but great Scott to Scott see Snyder's First books
1: at DC yeah. that really got yeah. him uh, yeah, a lot of his later Brought him to a whole other level. That's so what do you
0: think? I mean, obviously, that's hard to follow up on. And we have a different team here. We have a different focus. But uh, what do you think? Does it hold up to that storied run?
2: Well, I think, first off, the doing the flashback um, really makes the art kind of like make sense and pop and like really great kind of device for telling the story. And the Berg Bergy is killing it. Um, so, yeah, I, I thought it was kind of a creepy telling of the kind of like a Joker story that fits, you know, it's uh, I thought it really uh, made a lot of sense and was it was creepy in all the right ways and kind of reminded me a little bit of the kind of Snyder uh, uh tale. So I w- I was impressed with it.
1: I love the focus of the story. It's about Commissioner Gordon and his life choices um as much as it's about like dealing with all the horror that happens in Gotham City. We get a young Joker and the the Joker here is written purposefully young in a way that I thought yeah. was really cool. And the sort of horror or like the drama we get at the very end is so sad and it has nothing to do with what we expect. I loved it.
0: Yeah, this is a great standalone issue, even if you haven't been reading the title, though. You definitely should be, and I hope we see Matthew Rosenberg do more on this title going forward. I love bringing him in, and he brings a really good tone to James Tynan's work, uh, the two of them together. So, good stuff. From one clown to another, moving over to Ha Ha! Number six from Image Comics, written by W. Maxwell Prince, art by Mateen Morazzo and Chris O'Halloran. This, of course, is the team... From over on Ice Cream Man, one of our absolute favorite books, going over to W. Maxwell Prince's other series, an anthology about clowns, and this issue, there's so many different things going on, but it is not just a very specific rip on Joker, the movie, but Mm -hmm. it also has a slew of Easter eggs directly from ice cream man and almost tie it feels like its own issue of ice cream man in and of itself, which is wild.
1: Well, I don't know if you saw online. um, There was a a post going around of two covers of uh, the most recent issue of ice cream man. And this issue, which was the ice cream man comic is um, the ice cream man throwing a pie. And this Mm -hmm. issue was a clown getting hit in the face with a pie. So these (laughs) two issues do link up in that way. That's awesome. Uh, but I thought this was great, and it does really bring the themes from Ice Cream Man through here without breaking into a full horror uh, supernatural world. And the message at the end of the book I thought was so – a book that deals with like uh, like depression, uh, darkness, trying to make the best of your life, uh, putting on a happy face when everything feels awful, and the the dark path that can lead you on and the way this book ended I thought was really great and uh and I was honestly surprised.
0: Well to that end and then I'll turn it over to you Pete. I think I think right now to me the difference between Ice Cream Man and Haha ha is Ice Cream Man is almost nihilism across the board with very few exceptions in the issues but Haha ha is things are bad across the board but maybe they could be good someday. Question mark? putting you know, the power, Probably not, but maybe?
1: But I think putting the power of making the best of life in your hands, you the reader's hands, yeah. which I think is a great message.
2: Yeah, I, that's... First off, uh, a tip of the hat uh, for this book. I mean, this is like handling some big-time heavy shit in a way that is very creative and very awesome for the reader because it's not lecturing you it's not you know what i mean like there is some real interpretation that the reader can make here with what's happening and 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 what's going on in such a cool powerful way this is a very well done comic and it's very creepy but it's also very powerful and i was just really impressed with it and like what the you know happy hank goes through it's you know, you can feel that you can feel that. And uh, yeah, I was just uh, I'm glad that books like this exist.
0: I agree. Next up, Seven Secrets, number 10 from Boom Studios, written by Tom Taylor. Art. de DiNicolo. This issue, our main characters are dealing with the revelation of the last issue that, spoiler alert, the main character's father is in fact still alive. We find out a little bit about how he's still alive, and then kind of move forward from there as they fight back against this organization that is trying to destroy slash take over the secrets. Um, A solid issue of this book, I... uh, after the last couple of issues kind of blew me away, this felt like a bit of a downturn just in the energy. Oh, come on! They got to still... get back
2: to business. They got to get back to it's back to business. Has... Uh, yeah. That's the thing is they that I like this, at this at issue, that. but the
0: last couple of issues were so insane and revelatory sure. uh, that it, it was a But bit there's of
2: a, other things happening that they got to do. Just to be clear, back to it's business. the worst
0: issue I've ever read in my life. Oh my but God. go ahead, That's
1: Justin. An uh, you hate business, and this, mm-hmm. it's time to get back to business. And I think uh, what Tom Taylor's doing here is really building out this world. This is not a small vision book. Like, this is a wide world. Like, this could be um, Worldwide. an ongoing series for years, an animated show that could just run for, for so long.
2: Yeah, Yeah, I'm... I'm impressed with this. Um, I agree, uh, Zalbatron, that the last two were really, uh, uh, you know, they took some big swings and did some great stuff with it. But also, I care about the characters and the story and the things that they're in. So I was very happy to get this issue. I was also really impressed with how the main character handled herself and was like, fucking, was like, all right, we've got shit to do. Like, I, I have no time to kind of, like, emotionally deal... I, yeah, I thought this was very well done, and the kind of reveal at the end of the issue is great. The art's fantastic. There's a lot of things happening in this book, and I'm impressed with how well we're kind of dealing with them and then moving forward. I get what you guys are saying, and
0: as the resident sports expert on the podcast, I would say sometimes the grand slams, and sometimes you got to fill the bases to get ready for those grand slams. You know what wow. I'm talking about. Okay, you're scary. reading that off
1: a website or there's yep. uh, someone googled telling it. you that. Yeah, I googled yeah.
0: it. Next up, Friday, number three from Panel Syndicate written by Ed Brubaker, art by Marcos Martin. This, of course, is an adaptation of Rebecca Black's song. Send They're pretty much through it at this point. There's not much more to say.
1: Wow, that is not appropriate. Um, this, <laughs> this book has actually been out for a while. Um, I kept meaning to put it in the stack and I finally um, got it in here.
2: Yeah, you kind of flexed on this. You were like, this is in the stack. I don't give a shit what you say. So, all right, <laughs> yeah. Justin, let talk about your book. You was a really reading jerk his about email, this. right,
0: where he yeah. said, I um, don't give a shit. Yeah,
1: I don't give a shit. Um, this book is great, and I feel like we're in a little bit of an Ed Brubaker desert right now. So this is a great time to pick up this book, which you can get on a Pale Syndicate. Pay what you want for the first three issues. It's about a, um, t- a, a duo, a yeah, teen detective it. duo. Um, that gr- has grown up and, um, the, uh, the, the female of the group, the woman has come back to, um, to the small town where the, the male never left, the guy never left and gets back involved. The Marcos Martinar is just beautiful across the board. Oh, this yeah. issue, especially just epic snowscapes. A lot of things happen in this issue, which I don't want to spoil if you haven't read it, but this is one of the best books on the stands right now. And it's not even on the stands.
2: It's definitely not. Um, but yeah, these are, this is a book that I'm glad Justin made us read. Um, I think it's, uh, I mean, Brewbaker is a fantastic kind of whodunit thriller kind of writer and you're definitely on the edge of your seat for a lot of this. It's very exciting. The art's unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's what you want out of a Brewbaker kind of project. So yeah, definitely worth checking out if you're into the brew world. I
0: agree. I wish Justin hadn't used that extremely rude tone in his email when he was inviting us to read this. Uh, just ask next time, you know, Justin, that's all I'm saying. But uh, uh, yes. like you guys are saying, well-written book, well-drawn book, well worth checking out, and well worth the $100 I paid per issue. Yeah. <laughs> Scream number one from Marvel, written by Clay McLeod Chapman, art by Christopher Mooneyham. This is continuing the Extreme Carnage storyline as Carnage is coming for the other symbiotes in the Marvel universe. Um This is good. <laughs> nice no i don't know way, this is this way, definitely to, after... way to
1: bunt way to bunt baseball head <laughs>
0: yeah well I'll, let me google that really quick the after all of the big symbiote stuff that we've been dealing with from king and black and then even from the first issue here which was over the top and felt huge and horrific this feels like a very back to basic symbiote book to me and i liked it it's good. The character was good. Obviously, there's some stakes for people who care about Scream, but yeah. I'm not as 100 percent into symbiotes in general enough to want, totally sell me on this book personally.
1: Oh, interesting. Right. Um, you don't like symbiotes? Well, you take know, off weird. your your little suit that you're wearing there. Your shirt? No, your organic um, uh, alien suit shirt. My organic shirt. Yeah. Uh, take off your shirt is what I'm saying. <laughs> Let me just say real quick, Pete, and then I'll get I'll turn the floor to you. I think we this this book should be part of a larger like symbiote yarns story like uh, (laughs) series where we just get a bunch of different symbiote stories because I agree with you. It feels a little bit of a come down to dive into this. I like the story, but let's let's make a little anthology series where we get uh, news from the. Yeah, they can call it
0: something like Symbiote Yarns or News from the Symbiotes.
1: That's a great. That's a great yeah, idea. Either one of
0: those are
2: really good. Wow, I think Justice is Uh I think that this is this is fun. A lot of uh, fantastic art in here. Oh. Great over-the-top action. I love the paneling just dripping uh, with a just kind of action. I-, I was impressed. I thought there was a, a lot of, like, good scream moments in here uh, that the character got to have. Uh, I disagree with both these guys. I think this is great. Um, yes, more please. Next up, Rorschach, number 10 from DC
0: Comics, written by Tom King, art by Jorge Fornes. We're really getting to it here or are we, as the mystery isn't quite done. But in this issue, our main investigator really lays out what went on back in the first issue with the assassination attempt on the presidential candidate. We find out a lot about that, though there's still a lot of questions still to come. Um, How are you feeling about this book, 10 Issues in at this point?
1: Uh, I mean, I thought this issue was great. This issue does what I think we've been wanting, because... Tom King writes a great comic, but he this does. series has been very coy with its information. Yeah. And in this he does issue that sometimes. He does. He he's he likes to withhold information and exactly. so he wants to tell us um th- even if it's past the point when we want yeah, to. Yeah, so
2: just shut up and give him your money.
1: Uh wow. Um and this issue really lays it out while at the same time giving us a little bit more of like, well, here's the next mystery or the final nail in the coffin of this story. So I, I like that a lot and I think it, it furthers the point that he's making here that uh the that politics are like a two-sided um feint where each side is always playing the other and everyone involved ends up being just a pawn in the larger game.
2: Hmm. All right. Well I think this is uh you know i'm I'm very happy with the answers that we got in this um you know, I agree that we're getting this a little bit at a time, but that's the magic of Tom King like you'll get it when you get it, so just enjoy where it is and what's happening and in this issue, you do get to enjoy a lot of it. You do get to kind of like get into what's happening and why, so I very much was like, "Oh great, we needed this. this is awesome." But the pacing of the art's unbelievable, so I'm gonna just say thank you, more please, and 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 not criticize an amazing writer or artist. And or this artist. is the
1: Rorschach book you've always wanted, like just Rorschach out there doing Rorschach stuff, right? Yeah. Really,
2: Pete? Yeah, Rorschach <laughs> out there doing Rorschach. What? He's barely in the book. It's mostly Frank Miller. Yeah, but it's it's about. Like, he's there. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, he's there. are out. You're
1: ride. out over your water skis on this one, Pete. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you'd like it. How,
2: how much do you reading think... It collected will make a lot more sense, because right now I'm, it's, I spend the first part of it being like, wait, what? Then,
0: how much do you think this is paralleling the structure of Watchmen? Because, I mean, this is how you write 12-issue miniseries, I guess, but the 10th issue of Watchmen is the one... If I remember correctly, where Night Owl and Rorschach figure out that it's Vite and then head off to confront him. The next issue is the one where Vite lays everything out, and then obviously twelfth issue is where everything wraps up. I, I don't know. I'm just curious if this is the same sort of thing where it's our investigator being like, Yep, this is who did it, and then next issue we find out how and why, and it's not exactly what we think.
1: I think that's a hundred percent right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know, we'll but I'm excited to find out. Next up, let's talk about one of my favorite books of the week, Six Sidekicks, number two from Image Comics, written oh, by Kyle ooh. Starks, art by Chris Schweizer. In this book, as the title says, you got six sidekicks of a Chuck Norris-type character who died. They're trying to investigate the mystery of his death. They're not particularly good at it. But in this issue, they go on a bunch of car chases with one of his old Knight Rider-style cars. Kyle Starks is just a very funny writer, and Chris Schweitzer marries marries perfectly with his words with the art. Um, I just have such a blast reading this book; it's so much fun to read. What did you guys think?
1: I agree. Like big spy hunter vibes from the uh, car chase portions of this book. The old Mm -hmm. NES game—you guys know what I'm talking about. Oh yeah, of course. Um, I love the point where they there's a dashboard of buttons that are like um, smoke bombs and they press them. It's like, oh, of course they don't work. Like there's a lot of just great fun jokes like that throughout this book. And it is, it's a fun ride. The art style really matches the vibe, very seventies cinema. And I appreciate it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I I think this is this is very cool. Also, I had a little like fun go speed racer kind of vibes as well as far as like the, some of the character poses and stuff like that. But I this is this is just fun and great kind of last page reveal of us getting the team together. But what I'm really upset about is they pulled off a joke that I wanted to do when I died, and that's like. Uh, having Justin go somewhere and then just like him opening up a piece of paper that just says, fuck you, Justin. Oh man. That would be you awesome. You can still do it. Yeah. 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 Just fake Maybe your death. Forget about you can this. It. It's and then, uh, Yeah. By then. Uh, but yeah, I just fun. It's a, it's a fun book from start to finish and it's got fantastic art.
0: Next up, Barbarella number one from Dynamite, written by Sarah Hoyt, art by Matibek Musa Bekov, and this is a pretty straightforward Barbarella adventure. You know, we've talked—I don't want to lump out it too much—but we talked a lot about these Dynamite books that really. Uh, get past their titillation premise, you know, that they try something different where they really push Vampirella in some direction or Dejah Thoris in some direction. Here, this is a Barbarella story. That's it. She goes to different planets and has sex with people to bring peace to the universe, and that's pretty much what's going on. But the art is good. The writing's solid. Uh, uh, Yeah. What do you think? (laughs) Yeah, I mean,
1: I will say it's not like there's – there's a lot more uh, sure. time spent establishing sort of the, the the world of this book, and uh, she you know spreads love and peace, um, is what the intention is, and there is definitely some sex involved with that, but uh, the standout here is the art, which I thought was fantastic.
2: Pete, yeah, yeah, I mean you know this is this is cool. <laughs> I do think
0: there's a possibility there for taking it beyond, because I do think the worlds that the writer sets up here are interesting, um, and the character dynamics are pretty weird. So I'm willing to give it a try for a second issue, but I just always like the dynamite stuff where they try to sucker you in a little bit with the TNA cover, but it turns out there's a little something more Between the sheets, if you will. Wow. Thor number 15 from Marvel, written by Donny Cates, art by Michelle Bandini. We are, I believe, finally dealing with the problems that Thor is having with Mjolnir in this arc. Specifically, he can't really lift the hammer anymore. Goes to talk to Captain America about it, has some problems, uh, and things are only going to get worse from there. What did you think about this one?
2: Well, I love this. I thought this was really awesome. Uh, I love the kind of whole setup of everybody drinking and partying and Thor kind of being upset. And we're like, Oh great. This is different Thor. This is new. We're really kind of seeing stuff. Uh, And I think it says a lot about the Loki character here uh, that we're getting in the TV show that Loki is a good person because he can pick up the hammer. And I think this is, this is very interesting. Also, it makes sense. Like you can't, uh, You know, you can't be this, Uh, uh you know, if you're going to be a good king, there's got to be sacrifices and stuff. And, you know, like, uh, yeah, why would he be able to pick up the hammer? So I thought I like this. I like where this is going. I like the way this is done. This is fantastic art. Uh, it's nice to be excited about Thor.
1: It's a good take. I love the idea. Um that Thor is no longer the warrior, so Mjolnir is not his tool anymore. He yeah, needs and to it's be getting an like Odin angsty.
2: Type. It's like upset. Like, come on, let's do stuff, you know?
1: So the so Mjolnir is flirting with other people. It's like, ooh, maybe I'm a Loki guy. Maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe Captain America could pick me up. I don't a know. If bit. I get it. When you're, a hammer, you when you're uh-huh. a hammer, you want to flirt. When you're a hammer,
0: you want to flirt. That's why that. I don't go into hardware stores since I got married.
1: Right. Cause yes, your wife because, yes, you're on white Because the hammers are flirting tools. with me. Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right.
1: Was that not immediately clear? No, <laughs> well, I, I, I got you. You were having okay. sex with There are other reasons you don't go into hardware stores, though. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: very confusing. There's a lot of different.
0: Yeah, there's all those uh, nuts there. And it's <laughs>
1: like, oh,
2: what's oh, going oh, on? Oh, my God.
0: You mean, you, oh, you're walking you into a to? sex <laughs> store.
1: You're walking into a sex store. <laughs>
0: Infinite Frontier, number two, from DC Comics, written by Joshua Williamson, art by Paul Pelletier, Jesus Marino, and Zermonico. This is, like we talked about with the first issue, basically a modern 52, meaning the title 52, showing us a span of characters throughout the DC universe that are dealing with an oncoming threat to the multiverse, we, as readers, know that it's Dark Side. He seems to be controlling Black Lanterns now or something like that, which makes a lot of sense for a guy obsessed with the anti-life equation. I like this. I, uh, I, Like I talked about with the first issue, it is properly channeling that 52 vibe, and that was a good series, and this is reminding me of that, and I like that.
1: I agree. Is this a big DC crossover, though? I feel like it should be. This feels like a fun event, and it 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 doesn't have. I don't know. Maybe it does have that heat. Uh, to me, it should have more heat because I agree with you. I think it is interesting, and I you're talking about it in
0: the in the real world, are people interested in it?
1: both the real world and the oh. DC, the larger DC universe? Like, this feels like it's a pretty standalone, like a lot of their series, like this. And I feel like it warrants a little bit more attention because this feels like the kind of thing that is using using DC continuity in the multiverse in a way that isn't, you know, stressful and like feeling like you have to do a bunch of research to read
0: it. Well, let me throw this out to you. I think it would be bigger if it had come out in a year or two. Maybe even longer. It's the sort of thing that, like, DC has been rocketing through so many events nonstop. They just rebuted the multiverse with uh, that insane Dark Knight's Death Metal storyline that spilled over into the entire line. They had a New Frontier. New Frontier? No. Infinite Frontier. Wait, what was the future state? Future, future state. Future Thank state. you. Wow. Sorry, I'm getting very confused. We just watched now. your No, there's a bite. lot of similar words at play here. <laughs> uh, future state for two months. So it does feel like event fatigue, and it feels like the sort of thing that if we had been settled on something for a little while and things were bubbling in the background leading to this infinite frontier, there might be more heat on it, I would say. But as it is... I like the storyline. I'm excited to see where it goes. I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Pete, what about you?
2: I really thought this was epic. I I love the big action. Um, the crazy ending. I mean, uh, that was fucking gross, man. To watch captain Adam do like open up his chest like that. That was fucking gross. Um, but I think, as far as events go, this was a good issue to kind of be like, "Holy shit, what is going on?" I'm into this, so I, I I think this is this is getting better as it goes for me. Next up, Man Eaters: The
0: Curse, number one from Image Comics, written by Chelsea Kane, art by Aaliyah Mitternich. This is great. This is such a great book. Justin, you love this. You want to talk about this one?
1: I thought it was great. Like, uh, this is about a um, a young girl that um, heads off to craft
2: camp, um, which
1: is actually a much creepier. She doesn't,
2: um, she doesn't, like, head off. Her parents make her go there because they have, like, other plans uh, without her. So they, like, send her to this very shady camp. But she and likes that, it, and she's a great camper, as we Well, uh, Maybe, but also, like... The buttons that they, like, label their campers with, awful. Just unbelievable. I can't believe they were. where they're kind of categorizing people. Uh, this it No, makes me I, I like this a lot. I,
1: the tone of this, which is, like, pretty, like, uh, strong horror by the end of it, while at the same time being very funny, um, being sort of, like, almost Mark Russell-esque uh, commenting on popular culture in a lot of ways. There's some great funny stuff in the beginning about just, like, uh, Oregon culture uh, I I thought this was just the tonally very fun very unique
0: I agree this is a great one to pick up even if you haven't picked up the previous miniseries you can get right into this Black Hammer Visions number six from Dark Horse Comics written by Cullen Bunn art by Malachi Ward and Matthew Sheehan this is focusing on the character Cthulhu who is sort of a sad sack H.P. Ludgecraft character supposed to open the door for the Elder Gods, but instead he just wants to get drunk and sit on his ass and watch TV. Hell yeah. It really resonates.
1: Really resonates. Very fun.
0: A lot of these have been deeper and darker and wilder, but this was a fun issue of this book that I enjoyed reading.
1: I agree completely. (laughs) Like the way this sort of struck the tone, just the name Cthulhu, uh, L-O-U at the end, just was such a fun like, clearly, like, language, uh, the premise jumped right out of the language there, and I thought this was great.
2: Yeah, it's a fun idea, well-executed. I mean, Colin Bunn is smart like that. He's, he's got, like, uh, he comes up with great pre- premises, and then delivers.
0: Last but not least, Mouse Guard, the Owl Hen Caregiver, yes. and Other Tales, number one, from Boom Studios by David Peterson. As you can probably figure out from the title, this is a bunch of different short stories set in the Mouse Guard universe. Pete, you are a Mousy fan on the podcast. What do you think
2: about this? Mouse one? guy. Uh, so, a couple, I don't think it was not, the, I don't know when the last New York Comic Con I was at. I think it was maybe uh, 2020 or was it 19? I'm not sure. No, it wasn't 2020. Not 2020. It wasn't 2020. Sure. Yeah. Um, you were got, there.
0: Nobody else was.
2: <laughs> I, I saw uh, David Peterson and he was. Talking, uh, t- telling me uh, some sad stories about some stuff he's going through. And I was very moved. And then, like he was saying, he was putting it in a book and kind of framing it through the Mouse Guard kind of world. And I thought, oh, my God, what an interesting idea. I can't wait to see what that's like when it comes out. Here it is. So excited. I love when people use personal stuff to tell stories i think it's such a great way to kind of do that we get to experience it through these mouse guard characters and it makes it a little bit more unique and special yeah just the back matter where he kind of reveals the stuff was great i love the stories very touching and why not like why can't a mouse get deep about life and kind of wonder about purpose you know what i mean why not? These
1: books are fun. I had a mouse problem in my apartment uh, a couple months ago, so oh, I felt really guilty um, about that, about what I did after reading
2: this book. Oh, man, I'm sorry. You the things
1: you I did to these mice. Oh, man. Oh, God.
2: <laughs>
1: just, not even oh. just traps, just personal, like truly,
0: like, Perverted. really got into
2: Perversions, you would call I, I... But the art is unbelievable. The paneling is great. Everything is so detailed and creative. You're getting a great package when you buy something like this. This is all uh, unbelievable artwork. And uh, I think
1: we can officially say that you say you're getting a great package way more than I ever did. So stop referencing me and start referencing
2: yourself. Okay. Pete, are you also a line producer? (laughs) I wish, man. I would. Oh, I would have I people that's line. line producer, I buddy. wish oh, dude, I would have everybody line up at the uh, start of every day. Get things. Get things going. You know what I mean. Yep. That's what the uh, job is.
1: Yeah. It's producing a line of humans. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, I that's what you think that is. It's
2: this is beautiful stuff and very touching stories. Some hey, poetry. Did you, uh, some.
0: Did you uh, hire the line producer for a production yet? You know the person who lines everybody up in the morning. A hard um, job. Not, no, not an yet. easy job. It's it's hard like you got to do quiet confusing. fingers.
1: You have to flash the lights if people aren't listening. Mm-hmm. We're talking about a pre-K teacher.
0: Yeah. Now, Pete, do you usually, when you work as a line producer, do you get them in a height order or age orders or an alphabetical order? What do you
2: go for? It really depends on the project. You know, I let the project speak <laughs> to me. Uh, but... Seriously, guys, come on. This Mouse Guard book, book is yes, great. Yes, we, we, we like Mouse no, Guard. No, we don't need to go. We don't need to keep talking it's, about it. No, you guys didn't give it enough credit, <laughs> I feel like.
0: This is a really touching book. really feel like you're trying to get us
2: in line, Pete. Uh no. <laughs> We have a, a, a writer and artist opening up his heart to art and sharing, and you guys are like, oh, it's good, it's okay. Like I nah, just
0: wanted to make some jokes about line producing. This book is great. It's beautiful. All of the Mouse Guard stuff is beautiful and wonderful to read. It feels like a warm blanket of a book. If you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about line producing or mice <laughs> killing or whatever you want to talk about. It's all yeah. good iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at comic book live on Twitter, comic book club, live on Instagram, comic book club, Live.com for this podcast and many more until next time. We'll see you at the virtual comic book shop.
1: Woo-hoo. Good night. Stay in line. Join Alex.